Racing Line, your state. Welcome to Share the Rock. The two college buddies talk basketball and think they know more than they actually do. Tune in every Sunday at 1 p.m. right here on DIC Radio, starting right now. Share the Rock, DIC Radio, right back and at it. What's going on? It's good to be back here on this sun, uh, this rainy Sunday here at Ithaca. And this episode of Share the Rock is actually a very special one because, uh, you know, our usual co my usual co-host, Liam Spellman, he's out in Wisconsin enjoying the Packer game. But um, with me to my left is none other than the one, the only, Dean Vence. Good What's to be on? here. Good for you to be here, man. Uh, give yourself a quick intro to the audience, bro. Hello, everyone. I'm Dean Gutick. I host multiple shows here on VIC and on the radio in general. Uh, you could catch me on a degree to disagree. Um, I'm a huge Clippers fan, obviously. I'm, I know Lucas is a big Knicks fan. I listen to Share the Rock. I'm a big Share the Rock guy. I love basketball. I love sports in general. I'm glad to be on this show. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely, Dean. Happy to have you here. And uh, I know he's. Uh, you're going to fill in for Liam just as good as anybody else so i'm just happy to have you man and uh, you're rocking the Kawhi, i believe the Kawhi jersey today Kawhi leonard the black jersey yeah absolutely so um that said good to have you here dean let's jump right into it so dean i want to start with the ben simmons drama that's been going on uh, obviously since the Hawks series but uh has there's been some new news recently um ben simmons is refusing to show up to training camp and the preseason and now the sixers this was announced i think two days ago are not going to give simmons uh, his contract, and they're going to put it in an escrow account, which I've never even heard of that before. But okay, um, so Dean, I just wanted to start with: uh, Do you think do you think that the Sixers are doing the right thing here, or is Simmons doing the right thing? Or are they both in the wrong? I mean, I've never heard of an escrow account. I mean, that's like unheard of. However, I do think it's right. I mean, Ben Simmons saying, "I'm not going to show up to camp. I'm not going to like." I, I don't like players that do that. I mean, it's it's just in any sport. And, and especially for him, for somebody who's failed the process, it's a lot to soak in for him. I mean, you know, when you look at this Philly team from a few years ago, trust the process, Jimmy Butler. You know, at one point they had Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, all those guys on the same team. And, you know, we all thought this Sixers team has a bright future and they're going to be real contenders soon. Yep. But it just feels like the process has been a huge disappointment um, part of that I do believe is not just Simmons. I also think it's the co- the choices of coaching. Uh, Brent Brown, I think, was a failure of a hiring. Doc Rivers, who I experienced firsthand with, is going to be a disappointment for Philly. Mm. Sorry, Philly fans. Okay. Um, I also like. I do believe it's the coaching, but I also believe it's Ben Simmons. Majority of it going to Ben Simmons. This is a shooting league. You got to have a jump shot. Absolutely. And if, and if you're not going to shoot the ball. What are you doing? And he's a, and he's supposed to be a point guard. Yeah, he's supposed to be a point guard, more of a point forward. You know, six foot ten, kind of uh, that guy who can both play inside and like, I don't want to say out, but uh, can kind of bring up the ball after a rebound, outlet pass, stuff like that. I just want to add a little bit of context here, Dean. Uh, Joel Embiid said uh, two days ago, the situation is disappointing, borderline kind of disrespectful to all the guys that are out here fighting for their lives. And you know what? I'm siding with the beat on this one. He is absolutely right. These guys are fighting for their basketball lives. And in the NBA, especially today's climate, nothing's guaranteed. Everyone's coming to camp, whether it be uh, Shake Milton, who we saw excelled in the playoffs last year, Thibel, Korkmaz, even though like, I'm just talking about the role players here, they're really you know, stretching out their necks just to, for, for minutes. And you got Simmons, who is in, going on his sixth year in the league now, still doesn't have a jump shot, and he's 
acting like he's something like he's Kevin Durant or something. He, he, you just can't do that. You know, you have to prove yourself. And yeah. you, you, you know, I, I don't know if you would agree with that sentiment, but yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, listen, I'm not a big Embiid guy, but I think he's right here. You know, the situation is disappointing. You know, a lot yeah. of guys are fighting for their lives. No, basketball has, and this is any sport. Honestly, it's turned into a job. It's turned into a lifestyle. It's turned into blood, sweat, and tears for all these players. And you know, it, it's you got guys like you, like you said, Thibault, even Tyrese Maxey got like rookies that you know, go day in and day out. They work hard. They do anything that they can. Then you got Ben Simmons, who is an all star, who got gifted what he's got minus a jump shot to where he is today. He's got gifted that max contract. Correct me if I'm wrong. He did get a max contract. Yeah, right? he got a uh, one hundred and. Seventy-seven, I think, million dollar deal in twenty nineteen. He's entering his uh, third, second or third season on that deal. Yeah, and, and, and you know, for someone who has a max contract, for someone who's an all star, for someone who is a top pick, one of the top picks in the draft, you are held to a certain standard and expectation. You are expected excellence and nothing less. And I feel like Simmons is disappointed. And just seeing him say, you know, I'm not going to report at camp. I'm just like, it's, it's childish, man. You're supposed to be one of the forefronts of this team, the future of this team. A lot of people, I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you're more of a basketball guy than I am. Well, some people even said, oh, this could be the next LeBron, or this guy's athletic. He's it, not even close to that, the way he's playing. It just seems like he's disappointed in terms of expectations. And I, I, just, I mean, the process just feels failed right now. And I think it's time for a retool, not a rebuild, a, re, a huge retool in Philly. I agree with you, Dean. And uh, something Stephen A. Smith said, the, I don't really like him, honestly. I think he's just says stuff for clicks. But one thing Stephen A. said that uh, I happen to find myself siding with more and more is we're really, or not we are, he's really wasting what could be an all-time, uh, an all-time peak as far as player performance and skill because I think Ben Simmons really has the potential of Magic Johnson. I'm not even kidding you. Th- think about this. 6'10", 6'11", point guard, arguably the best defender in the league outside of Rudy Gobert, arguably one of the top playmakers in the league, easily one of the best fast break guys in the league. So it's like we're not talking about a guy that has no basketball skill, no basketball anything. This guy is a legitimate all-galaxy player, but Unfortunately, this isn't 1995 anymore. You need to have a jump shot, at least of what a 25% three ball. If you don't have a 25% three ball, at a minimum, I mean, that's I mean, even big men are shooting that. Like Miles Turner, since the start of his career, he started the entry into the league as a paint roaming big, and then now he can shoot at least a little. I mean, I don't, I don't understand. My brother visited this weekend, Dean. You know, my brother, my family visited. My, uh, it was it was a good good visit. I had a good time with him, and. He has a better jump shot than Ben Simmons. It's crazy to say, but he actually has more career threes. I just don't listen. The, what, the, the reason I bring up that point is or that that anecdote is to say what is stopping Ben Simmons from getting a jump shot. I, I just want to know, like, what is the obstacle right here? Well, maybe I think he's. I mean, I'm not. I'm listen. I'm not going to try to make an excuse for the guy. Some people are hesitant. I feel like sometimes he's hesitant. I mean, look at the playoffs, Game Seven. Even though it wasn't jump shot, he had a chance for a wide open dunk against the Hawks, and he passed up on that dunk and. I mean, Drew. I mean, I think it was Thibault who drew the foul and made only one free throw. And that, that that was their season. And that yeah. you know, after that play, I thought to myself, not only are the Sixers done, they're gonna have to need. They're gonna, this the Simmons is gonna have to have a huge talk. Like this is not gonna go uh, sit well with anyone in Philly. Philly fans don't play around. Daryl Morey doesn't play around. Doc Rivers, even though I'm not the biggest fan of his, doesn't play around. Nope. None, none of those guys are not gonna play around. Joel Embiid's tired of it, and it just seems like every year. You know, I, I try to defend Simmons minus last year, and he just underwhelms. And 
you know, when you give this Philly team a huge expectation, they just take a step back. Part of that is Ben Simmons. I said this a few years ago to a high school teacher of mine. I said as long as Ben Simmons is on the Philadelphia 76ers, they're never winning a championship. And I look at myself now, I'm like, huh, whoop de doo would you look at that? I mean, the guy <laughs> is not a championship player. The guy doesn't have a jump shot. I don't like that he's a point guard. I mean, I look at him as a, I don't know how you look at him, I always look at him as a small forward, power forward type of guy. Never really a point guard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of agree, but just the thing is, like, he he teases us with these handles and these passes and this court vision, but it's all for nothing, you know? And I just want to, Dean, I also want to expand on this a little bit here. Uh, I want to know, with Simmons not going to camp and, you know, Simmons kind of acting like he's the guy and he can do whatever he wants, blah, blah, blah. What type of precedent, like, do you think, or, and I'll, I'll, I'll share my opinion on this as well, but what type of precedent do we think the Simmons situation sets for other star players as far as, you know, just, just totally reneging on their on their contractual duties? Well, it just feels like... And it's not just Ben Simmons. It's been going on a long time in the NBA. Maybe you disagree. It's a player's league. The players hold a large portion of the NBA. The NBA is probably more of a player's league than any other league. The NBA is more of a player's league than the NFL, the MLB, the NHL. Absolutely. Like, I'm not going to go into soccer because that's – you can argue with that. That's – you can argue with that. But, um, you know, the NBA is a player's league and – it hasn't been just Ben Simmons. Um, I, I don't want to go all over the place, but you mind if I do? You know, look at guys like sure. Kyrie that you know kind of set that trend of you know, hey, I want to leave. I'm not happy with my contract. Hey, I want to go somewhere. It's my team. It just feels like not exactly like that, but just Ben wants to be the guy, has his own team, hold out. You know, don't report to camp. The NBA is a players league, and it just feels like Ben Simmons. He doesn't set the president for like other players, but I'll say more so. He's continuing that trend. Absolutely. And I just think it like it just I just don't want players to think. And like you said, Dean, it is absolutely a uh, player oriented player run league. But I just don't want players like Simmons to let other players feel like they can just do whatever they want, because at the end of the day, this is still it, while it isn't sports is an entertainment business. Sports is ultimately you know not as important as other fields in life. But the truth is, it's still a job and you have to come in and do your work. I mean, you can't just not fulfill your contractual duties. I mean, if Simmons wants a trade, which is equivalent to a transfer in either soccer or a banker or any job, <laughs> literally, if you're not happy where you are, request a transfer. And I don't understand why he can't he just play, make it clear he wants out, but play at the same time. And, you know, i got to be honest, Dean, if I was another GM right now looking at the situation and evaluating it top to bottom, I don't know if I would want to trade for this guy. This guy doesn't have, doesn't has never never proved to me he's a superstar, and now we're proving he's immature. Basically, that's the way I look at it. No, I 100 percent agree with yeah. you. And you know, just looking at him, like man, this guy's failed his process. Just seeing the whole situation escalate, escalate. I thought to myself, if I was a GM, and I remember the report one time, Simmons said, oh, "I I want to go to LA," and I thought to myself, as a Clipper fan, I would absolutely not want you on my team whatsoever. Right. First of all. Guys like Kawhi, I don't even think Kawhi Leonard would sit well with him on that. Um, you know, it just doesn't seem like Ben's a fit in any other team. And I just don't, I don't like, you know, I just, I've been more disappointed in the player. He's wasting his prime like you and Stephen A. Smith say. Um, you say he teases us with his playmaking. I'd say he teases us in the preseason and in gym <laughs> when he's shooting threes. Like, and those Chris Brickley videos. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> oh, this guy, okay, this guy's shooting. And, you know, last, you know, a couple of weeks ago I saw a shoot, uh, him, uh, a video of him shooting the three ball, and I was right. like, "All right, I'm, I'm not, not falling for that. I'm not believing this I'm, no more. Nope, I can't. I, it, the guy, sorry, right, right. the guy. There's a difference between doing that in the gym 
and doing that in front of an NBA crowd. Are you telling Absolutely. me you are scared to do it in front of an NBA crowd? If you air ball or miss, at least you attempt a three. You, like, you're not holding back. You're not afraid to shoot. I think the problem with Simmons is he's afraid, he's hesitant, and he just doesn't have the it factor. Dean, what I hate to say is, you know, with this holding out situation, the escrow account, everything, what this all boils down to, and this is our, my last, our last point here before we got to head to a quick break, but um, I think what this boils down to is the free throw shooting more than the three-point shooting because at the end of the day, you cannot have a player on the floor that is unwilling or, or, or even worse, unable to make a free throw. I mean, fine, you can't shoot three. It's it's really bad, but it's not like a total deal breaker. I mean, players like Gobert, Shaq, like they didn't shoot threes and they were dominant. Even Giannis doesn't have a great three. But if you can't make a free throw, a free th- really when there's nobody guarding you, you can't even shoot sixty percent from. The- that is my bigger problem than the three. Three they have you can get you can get Danny Green players like that. If you can't make a free throw, you're unplayable. You're unplayable if I, you can't make a free throw. I'd have to agree. And unplayable. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was thinking this the other day. Ivica Zubats has attempted a three before Ben Simmons in the NBA Absolutely. in an actual game, and he made that three against Houston, against Houston, which was great. Um, but yeah, you know. But then you, I, mean, I like that you mentioned also, you know, GMs looking at it. You know, the Pacers are a team that's emerged. Um, the Timberwolves have always been on that. The Kings, right. but the thing is, I'm just like, where, oh, where would he fit on these teams? I mean, the Kings. I mean, first of all, he would not even be a point guard. They already have a boatload of guards on that team. He real, would fit in as a forward. Real quick point, last quick thing, Dean. I think he'd be nice on Portland with Lillard. I've, uh, you know, it's funny. I think we've talked about Simmons on Share the Rock for every episode now, but it's 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 a it's a good point. And uh, I think him in Portland with Lillard uh, would probably work better, just because Dame could make the shots. Simmons would just be a defender. But uh, Dean, unfortunately, we got to head to our first break. Sorry, I know we, we we both have more to say, but we can get right back into it here on VIC. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a quick few minutes. When we get back, Dean and I are going to talk about the NBA's most dangerous lineups. So you, you're going to want to stick around for that here on VIC. That's good. Go Specialty Show, The Mix, I Choose You. The Mix is an alternative pop and rock specialty show on Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. Tune in on VICradio.org. The Mix, use Cure Boredom. Ugh, I have nothing to listen to anymore. You should listen to The Mix. You'll find your new favorite song. What kind of music is it? It's the best blend of rock, pop, and alternative. Alright, when can I tune in? Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. on VIC Radio. Sit. Hey kids, have you gotten a hankering for weird music? Have you rummaged around the dumpster of your local record store lately? Well, I've got the show for you. Strange Sojourns in Sonic Space with DJ Prime Factor, Rock Alternative, Avant Garde, that hyper pop thing you kids love these days. We've got it all Sundays, 11 p.m. to midnight on VIC Radio, Ithaca, New York. Yeehaw! Share the rock. 
VIC Radio, right here, back at you, like we never left. Dean, good to be back with you here. Let's jump right back into what I want to talk about next. Did we ever leave? Come on now. I don't think. We had a, it's, it's, it's a mandatory commercial break, but uh, in spirit, NBA, yeah. NBA all day. Exactly. So let's jump back into it, Dean. Um, so as the season, actually the preseason, tips off tonight, Dean, I know people don't really care about that, but Nets, Lakers, I, you know what, Dean? Yeah, I, I know Brady's going going back to New England to play the, to play the Patriots tonight, and that's the guy to get the height. But I'm going to have that Nets, Lakers preseason game in the background. It won't be the main attraction, but it'll be in the background. So basketball's back. And with that comes the most dangerous lineups. And I'm going to go first, Dean. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you my. I'm going to give you the teams and then the lineup, and then you can follow suit. So I got as my most... I Actually, you know what, Dan? I'm going to go 5-1, to one, not 1-5. One to five. I'm going to go 5-1. to one. As my fifth most dangerous lineup, offensively speaking, by the way, I got the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young, Kevin Herter, Bogdan Bondadovich, Danilo Gallinari, and John Collins. I, and I like the uh, I like the Collins at the five instead of Capella. I mean, Capella is great, but as far as crunch time, lineup, run and gun, Collins at the five, that's the way the NBA is going. So that's my number five. And Dean, I'm also very curious to see what you have to say after I'm done with this. Number four, I have the Utah Jazz, you know, the threat out west. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Bojan Bogdanovic, Ingles, and Gobert. I think that's one of the best defensive lineups in the league. Mike Conley's a dog. Um, I don't think they're the most potent offensively. I mean, Bogdanovich and Ingles are kind of kind of streaky, especially Ingles can be streaky, but I like that five-man unit. Moving to number three, Milwaukee Bucks. Drew Holiday, Dante Juventinjo, Chris Middleton, Giannis, of course, and Brooklyn. Giannis, of course, and Brooklyn. Giannis, of course, and Brooklyn. Obviously fresh off a championship, which I don't want to call it a fluke, but I think it was a little exaggerated. The Nets were hurt. They had a relatively easy road, but I like that lineup. And Dante Divincenzo's underrated. Number two, Dean, I have the Phoenix Suns. I know you're going to have a few disagreements here. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, McCall Bridges, Jay Crowder, and DeAndre Ayton. I'm a big fan of Ayton's game. I think he's going to evolve to be arguably a top three, top five center in the league this year. He had an, he was the best big man in the playoffs, I think, last season. Not counting Embiid, the best big man in the playoffs. And at one, Dean, I think there's no no competition here. The Brooklyn Nets, quite possibly the best offensive lineup in the history of the sport of basketball. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin. Four out of those five guys can shoot 40% plus from three. And that's my five, Dean. So just, just to recap, I got from five, from one to five, Nets, Suns, Bucks, Jazz, Hawks. I'm going to go, I like that five. Number five, I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. Okay. And I'm happy that, the, I mean, I'm not a big Warriors fan, but I'm happy that the Splash Brothers are back. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, who's been really unlucky over the past few years. Um, Draymond Green, I mean, listen, he's more of a defensive guy, but he's still got good IQ. Jordan Poole's a good short, uh, shooter. Otto Porter, I think, was a good is going to be a solid addition. Andrew Wiggins, I like him as a player. The Warriors have a solid lineup. I like Golden State, and I expect this team to be much better in shooting next year. Number four, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. I love the Atlanta Hawks. I know how you feel about them, but Trey Young, them. Kevin Herter, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Danilo Gallinari, John Collins, and then you know in the bench they got a good bench too. Sharif Cooper, Cam Reddish. Uh, Clint Capella. I'm a huge fan of this team. Lou Williams, correct me if I'm wrong, is still on that team. I don't like them, but they're good. 
They are good. good. They are deep. They are, they they are, are deep. talented. Also, Dean, don't forget, Onyeka Onkongwu is really good, too. I, I love that pick. Yeah, yeah, yep. USC, right? Yep, USC. Yep. yep, exactly. He was with Evan Mobley. Like, what a dangerous... Yeah, well, so that, that, that front court is just abs- was absolute dynamite. So That's amazing. Go ahead. Um, I'm, number three, I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns. I'm a little biased here because of what happened last year, but the Suns still have a very good lineup. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, DeAndre Ayton. They still got good pieces. Campaign, who is one of the fastest players in the league. Significantly underpaid, Dean. Yeah, pretty much. Cam Johnson's also good, too. I like Cam Johnson a lot. This is a Suns team that's got good pieces. I put him at number three because, like, they're a good team, but I don't know if they're going to do the same thing that they did last year. I think last year they were a little fortunate that teams like the Lakers and Clippers were hurt, but... I still think the Suns are a top offensive unit. Number two, the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champions. A little leeway here. Drew Holiday, Dante DiVincenzo, who was missing in the playoffs all year last year, but they still got the job done and won the championship. Uh, Chris Middleton, you know, if who, who do you want to take that last shot for that team? It's that guy. Giannis, one of the best players, if not the best player right now. Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis Jr., Patty C is honestly a decent piece too. This is a Bucks team that's got good pieces, and I like where the Bucks are doing. And number one, no, I mean no argument here. Like there's, this is no debate. The Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, of the course. Brooklyn Nets have everything you want on offense. Yet they have a big three right now, big two because of the little drama with Kyrie. But big three, Blake Griffin. This is a team that, I mean, they, they still got their pieces, and this is still going to be the favorites coming out of the East. When healthy, the Brooklyn Nets are the best team in the Eastern Conference. Oh, Eastern Conference, Dean, are the best team in basketball. It's not even close. Not, not, not even close. And I'm saying that including the Lakers, including the Jazz. Any team you want to mention, the Brooklyn Nets at full strength will sleepwalk to a chance. I mean, this is literally, literally the best <coughs> offense. I, I, Dean, I have to ask you this. Would you take this lineup offensively over the 2017 Warriors? Honestly, yes. And I know it sounds mm. a little nuts. I mean, listen, the Warriors dynasty was amazing. Um, unless you unless you want parity, then no. <laughs> but um, That was the best team in NBA history, arguably. Yeah. yeah. Um, Kevin Durant, uh, Kyrie. I mean, of course, Kyrie and Clay, Kyrie, then Steph Harden. You got to go with Steph. I mean, they're, they're neck and neck to me. Uh, Draymond Blake. I'm still going to go with Draymond. However, I actually may say Warriors then at this point. But, you know, a Joe Harris, who's a good shooter for 42% the Nets. 42% from three. Joe Harris is someone that needs to answer a lot of questions for Brooklyn this year, especially in the playoffs where he right. massively flopped. Oh, yeah, Dean. He, I remember some games he would he shot one of 12 from the three-point line in the against the, in the Buck series. Uh, he also is, you know, pretty much a liability defensively. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. Bruce Brown did cost them a game. Uh, you know that was the game Kyrie went down. Bruce De- Bruce Brown sold two layups, but whatever. The you don't Nets, give it to Brown though. You, you just you game. just you, you give it to Durant, Kevin Durant, Durant or Kyrie. Okay, I, wasn't that the game Kyrie went down? That Bruce Brown took those layups. I I, I don't know what what, what, no, what Kyrie whatever. was still in the game. Kyrie still yeah he was he was that was game three. Kyrie went down in game five. You're right. Um and, and, anyway but. Uh, Dean, where I don't happen to agree with you is you have the Bucks lineup offensively over the Suns lineup offensively, and I don't know if I would agree with that because you got Chris Paul and Devin Booker in the backcourt. That's about as potent offensively as it gets. I mean, yeah, the Bucks have Middleton and Giannis, but you know, Aiton, Paul, and Booker—that's one of the big, top big threes in basketball, in my opinion. 
I don't know if you'd agree with that. I mean, DeAndre Ayton is dominant. No, that's a great big three. I mean, that big three has a ton of potential. Devin Booker and Ayton are young stars. The, the one thing, though, I do respect about the Suns, even though I don't like that they beat my team, is for the most part, they built their team. You know, like, I can't talk as a Clipper fan because my team is bought, even though drafting hasn't worked well for them, outside of Shea Gilders, Alexander, of course. But the Suns, bought, uh, they built their team. You know, they got a vet like Chris Paul. They drafted Booker and Ayton. Uh, Mikhail Bridges came through for them. I believe they got Mikhail Bridges in a trade, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the trade was with Philadelphia or another team. I may be mistaken. But they got Mikel Bridges in a trade with the Philadelphia 76ers, yes. and that trade was kind of uh, criticized at the time for Philly, uh, simply because of the fact that Mikel Bridges is from there. He went to Villanova. He would have been a fur- perfect fit. But you know what, Dean? It ended up working out for the Philadelphia. They got for the Phoenix Suns, not the Philadelphia. 76ers. Cam Johnson. They built. They built their team. Oh, for the Dean, most you part. just mentioned Cam Johnson. How I forgot about him. Cam Johnson was a critical piece of their playoff run. Yeah, he was. And and he he can shoot the rock. He's six eight. He's athletic. What else could you, I mean? This this guy is genuinely is is elite. You genuinely, should change, you should change this episode from share the rock now shoot the rock now that you yeah <laughs> we're talking about Joe Harris Duran all these Cam Johnson and he had a uh, I think he had a posterizer. PJ Tucker on PJ that was and I, I remember that and it was just like yeah so th- this Suns team is loaded Dean and uh, also you mentioned okay one thing I might have to change I'm I might I'm honestly Dean I might roll with the Warriors over the Jazz as my top I might bump bump the Hawks up a slot get, get the Jazz out of my top five just because Stephen Curry is so good. That, that man is honestly God with a basketball. Let's he's, be honest. He's, he's on another planet. Yes, yeah. the guy can do anything. He can shoot from full. Co- I don't even if it's at halftime and they score, they're up ten. Once he shoots the ball at half court, like I was watching Clippers Warriors last year, the Clippers won this one game. Curry shot it from full court. He it wasn't even close, but I still held my breath because I'm like. Knowing him, this guy can make anything in the world. Right, and this guy, he's—I mean, he's—he's he's just playing a different game than everybody else. It's—it's—it's it's, yeah. it's just, it's just a different game. And, and him alone, like him with four scrubs, would be a borderline top ten offensive unit. And you—and you throw in all right, Jordan Poole, in my opinion, the most underrated player in basketball today. Literally the most—he is valuable. And obviously, he just broke out last year. Jordan Poole, great piece. Clay I love him, especially in Michigan. He was amazing. Right, and he—I have to admit, Dean, he did disappoint his rookie year. But now coming into, I believe, what is it? Is going on his third year now, third, fourth year, third year? I, I think know. third, third year. Yeah, uh, he's a great piece of him. You got Clay Thompson. Hopefully, I hope he comes back. Andrew Wiggins, Otto Porter on the minimum for Golden State. What a pickup that was this summer. One of the that might be the best bargain bin. I mean, would you even call Otto Porter bargain bin? I mean, he's he's. Uh, I would call it a bargain bin. Yeah, bargain bin signing. Uh, Otto Porter's nothing special, but like great piece for them. We got Wiggins, over, Andrew overpaid Wiggins. <laughs> but I yeah. cut him some slack because other years I give him criticism. Last year I didn't. I actually liked what I saw from Wiggins last year in the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, but just the fact that he was the top pick in the NBA draft. Think about Fair. That. In terms of like expectations, I agree as disappointed. Yeah. But in terms of like where he is right now in Golden State, I actually like him on team better. I also think with Steph and now Clay coming back, I think like with the shooters Golden State has and the options that are ahead of him, I think it takes some pressure off of Andrew Wiggins to do a lot or just whatever you want to ask him for. And, Dean, another uh, – just just to kind of give a shout-out to some of the young guns on Golden State. How about Jonathan Kaminga? He looked excellent in the summer league. I mean, this dude, this dude's length defensively, 
Uh, that's like something I, I, mean, I you rarely see. That's like his. I don't. I think he's like a seven four wingspan, and this guy can move his feet defensively, and he, he kind of can hit. He he can kind of you know hit 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 the rack hard on the other side of the ball too. So the Warriors might have won the draft to me. Moses Moody at fourteen, Kaminga at seven. That that's two top ten picks. I I, I love Moses Moody. Um, Absolutely, I, that was a great pick. Kaminga. Um, I thought when he got drafted by the Warriors that that was a steal of a pick. I think Kaminga yep. should have gone a little bit over earlier. Cough, cough. Toronto Raptors um, no, or Jalen Suggs they too. Have, okay, just talk about Scotty Barnes for a second. He look he didn't look good to me. Yeah, I thought the Raptors messed up that draft twice. I told him uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Jack Asello. He, I'm like the the Raptors had a chance at two players. Jalen Suggs, who I think I would, I said I would have gone with at the time, and Kaminga. If they went with Kaminga, I wouldn't have been mad at all. Even though it's over Jalen Suggs, I still would have given them like a little exception. I just Scotty Barnes is just I don't know if he's going to be it for them, and I just don't like him on that team. Well, Scotty, like I'm, I have to admit, I am, I'm an outspoken Scotty Barnes fan and supporter. I, I, I was, a, I am when he, he played at Florida State, uh, all, uh, all he was an All ACC player. So I, I will admit he is versatile and he is top six, top seven worthy. But Toronto needed a one, especially Lowry leaving, and you got Jalen Suggs right there, right in your laps. And I don't know. I just I don't really feel. I mean, yeah, you you, you know their front office will say we have Fred Van Fleet, we have who OG Ananobi, whoever. But you needed Suggs there, in my opinion. And Kaminga's Kaminga's proving them wrong at this point. Pretty much. Yeah, I agree. So um, I'm excited to see what he can add to the Warriors' offense, Dean and. Uh, you know Cam Reddish with Atlanta and all these young guys. You know this, what, what, Dean. What I'm really liking about the NBA, maybe now more than when I was in middle school or five, ten years ago, is that the young guys and you know those twenty to twenty four year olds are they're really making a difference in terms of you know the team's long term success. Not even just short term, but the NBA is really putting an emphasis on uh, the young guys taking the charge. And that's not always how it used to be. It used to be veteran led. You know when the Knicks had a fifty four win season in twenty twelve thirteen. We had Mello, Stoudemire, Chandler, Felton, J.R. Smith, all veterans, not really emphasis on young guys. And now we got teams like the Bucks and the Suns and the Hawks all advancing far into the playoffs, and those teams are led by young guys. So I think that's a great trend for the NBA. Right. Absolutely. Yep, great. All right, Dean, I also want to jump into more National Basketball Association predictions with you. And let's jump right into some standings predictions, Dean. So I just want to know, I'm just going to start off with this question for you. Do you think that the uh, Phoenix Suns can repeat their finals run from last year? Do you think that's feasible? Uh, is that something that in the West you could see happening? Or how do you see the West shaking out is basically my question. The West is going to be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, first and your all, Clippers, Dean. Um, yeah. That's right. Uh, I mean, hey, we got some news earlier that Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard had a – Kawhi Leonard had a uh, – He's ahead of his rehab schedule, which is great. And it's great to see that he's ahead of his rehab schedule because Kawhi Leonard Kawhi Leonard he, he you know, he had a huge injury and Kawhi Leonard, you know, he tore that his tore he tore he had a partial tear in his ACL. He you know which happened game four against the Utah Jazz. He you know, how do I say this? It's good to see that he's ahead of schedule. And, you know, they report on Sports Illustrated, hey, Kawhi Leonard could be making a midseason return or a return before the playoffs, which is great. So I like what I see with the news about Kawhi. I hope he returns soon. Um, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh, but I think the West is gonna have been is gonna have an interesting year. I think the East is better than the West for the first time ever. Like 
I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, would think, you would you would you say that with confidence? Uh, with Kawhi Leonard out, I think that the uh, East is better now. I know I'm biased because I'm a Clipper fan, but I just feel like when the Clippers are at full strength, everything is better. Well, at least for, well, as a fan, I'm saying that. But I mean, like Dean, I just want to say on the on the Kawhi uh, front here, um, the Clippers Clippers fans like yourself got really good news recently because Kawhi is actually apparently ahead of his rehab schedule. And uh, you know that I, I don't know if you just mentioned that, but uh, he he should be back. By some point, I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, but according to the reports I read, he could be back by maybe the 50, 60 game mark, which is something that, oh my God, teams need to be scared of that. A healthy Kawhi coming back for the stretch run. Max contract Kawhi. Max contract. Not not even just like, yeah, exactly. Did you see his press conference the other day? Uh, he, it was amazing. He was like, you know, I didn't sign the one plus one. I signed four because I'm committed here. I'm here for the long run. I'm here for the long term, and I'm happy to be home. And when I heard that, I was like, "This guy, I, I love that. This guy is actually committed to being a Clipper, which I like." I do think Paul George re-signing was a huge factor because I think if Paul George yep. didn't sign that contract, they would have been gone. But I'm I'm really happy Kawhi's thing. It'll be interesting to see how they are without him. Uh, also, to answer your question, I don't think the Suns are going to have that run that they had last year. I said it before, and I'll say it again. They just got lucky last year. I mean, listen, they're not a bad team. Don't get me wrong, but the Lakers were injured. And before AD and LeBron went down, the Lakers were up 2-1 in that series. So, okay, so you have sorry, so you have the Lakers coming out of the West. Also, um, I, have, yes. I have a friend. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if he's listening right now, but I have a friend from high school that's a re- really big Denver Nuggets fan. And uh, I just want to know, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go first. I just After I talk, I want to know what you think about the Nuggets. I think uh, – I don't think Denver is going to have that good of a season this year, personally. And I only say that because Jamal Murray is going to be out for a while. And I don't really think he's, there's going to be, if he returns at all, enough time to integrate him into what they're doing offensively. Uh, Michael Malone, he's a good coach. I'm not super high on him. I mean, he's all, just all right to me. I mean, I, f- I feel like they've kind of um, underachieved. Uh, you know, they did make it to the conference finals in 2020 in the bubble, but... I don't know. They had, they had to come overcome three one twice, so a little fluky there. That doesn't won't happen again. But I just want to know what you think of the Nuggets. Uh, I don't. I think they're going to be one of the disappointing teams in the West this year. That's just how I see it. I don't see Jokic repeating his all time great season personally. I actually kind of I kind of agree and disagree with you. I think that's. I'll say this. I was going to say to you. I think my flops in the West are going to be the Suns and Nuggets. I think they're going to decline from okay. last year. I do think the Mavericks are going to be a top three, top four team next year. Top three, top four, top four, top four. Oh, and and when I mean when I mean top four, I mean literally number four. I, one, two, and three. I think is going to be the the Jazz. I think are still a top three team in the West, especially on paper. And the signings of um, Rudy Gay and who um, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Oh, Eric Pascal. Eric Pascal. Eric Pascal. And Rudy I think Gay, those. Yeah. I think those yeah. are going to be significant upgrades. The Warriors got beat. Uh, um, the Warriors. The Jazz got beat last year, and outside of Gobert, they didn't really have anybody. And Derek Favors was a disappointing signing. Whereas I think Pascal and um, Rudy Gay can take some pressure off of Gobert right. and take him out of the game. So I still think now the Jazz are going to be better. I'd say the top three now are the Jazz, the Lakers, in no particular order. And actually, you know what? I'll be nice to them. I'll say the Denver Nuggets are number three. Mavs four. Actually, no, no. Actually, wow, I'm all over the place. Lakers, Jazz. Suns, Mavericks, Nuggets. That's my top five in that order. Okay, uh, Dean, I'm gonna have to disagree. I don't. I don't think that the Mavericks are a legitimate contender until they get a legitimate second star for Luca. Chris Tapps. I don't care what anybody says. Chris Tapps Porzingis is a phony. This guy. I mean, I'm a little biased because I'm a 
languishing Knicks fan, but I'm telling you right now, this guy is a absolute. He is a phony. He is a. He's made, I, you know me and my uncle call him pork chop because that's what he is. He's his limbs are made of pork chops. He can't stay healthy. And plus, even when he is healthy, he looks like he's slow. He's gotten slower since the Knicks. I mean, he's not as good defensively. This dude is not a real superstar. So they need to get Luca another piece. Okay, so that is exactly why I'm going to make this take right now. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be a top six, top five, even seed in the West this year. Okay. Listen to this right now. Oh, ja, you got John ja Morant is gonna have he's, he's going to explode this year. You're, this is gonna be a season like nobody's ever seen before. Honestly, this guy is gonna put up some like thirty, twelve, and eight type of numbers. Okay, Dylan and Dylan Brooks, great young piece. We saw him in the playoffs against the Jazz. They actually, Dean, they actually stole Game One against the Utah Jazz last year. John ja Morant had forty six points or something like that. So, I think the Memphis Grizzlies are the team to watch for. They just got J- Jaron Jackson. He's he was hurt a lot of last year. He's primed for a great year. Brandon Clark, nobody talks about him. So they got Stephen Adams in the middle. Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is good. Zaire Williams in the draft was a great pick. T- Xavier Tillman. So this team, D'Anthony Melton, this team is a legitimate threat. And I honestly, they they I got them as my fifth seed right right now. Barring any injury, though, they're in the plan automatically. But but as currently constructed, this team is ready to boom. <laughs> I I like that prediction. I. I mean, I don't know how I feel about the uh, Grizzlies though heading into this year. Um, like I said, you know, I gave you my top five. I do think six to eight is going to involve the Clippers, and even though I know I am biased, I think the Grizzlies do have a shot to be seven or eight. I feel like the yeah. I feel like the Grizzlies are going to be in the playing again. That's just my personal opinion. If I'm wrong, so be it. Um, I just think that the Grizzlies are a playing team again, and I think they may make the playoffs. My other flop is going to be the Portland Trailblazers. I forgot to tell you that. I actually think, little take here, I actually think Portland may miss the playoffs this year. I Listen, I love Damian. Including Dame. the play-in? I love... I, they I might love, miss the play-in? No, that, I think they make the play-in, but they miss wow. the playoffs. I don't... I love Damian Lillard, but I'm not a big believer in the Portland Trailblazers. And I think losing Carmelo Anthony, honestly, is going to hurt them a little bit. I mean, yeah, they still have guys like, you could say, CJ McCollum's a good option. I love Yusuf Nurkic. However... Robert Covington. Rocco... Um, I like him. But I just feel like without Melo, I'm like, this team's kind of missing something. Game four between the uh, the Nuggets and the Blazers, Damian Lillard had an off game. But you know who stepped up for them? Norman Powell, Carmelo Anthony, and CJ McCollum. And without Carmelo Anthony, I feel like that's one of those pieces where— So that's your flop team? That's my flop team. I feel like they're either going to okay. barely make the playoffs or barely miss the playoffs. I'm, just, I'm not a big uh, Blazers believer. But I do like Chauncey Billups. But the thing is with first-year coaches— I'm not confident in first-year coaches. I'm not saying that they're bad. Don't get me wrong. But you get what I mean? Like, I'm not going to say, oh, he's great. Oh, he's bad hire. Like, right. I just don't know how to rate them or what to expect of them. Dean, I want to hop to the Eastern Conference for a few minutes here as well because we were talking about the West for, for a little while. So I just want to get your picks for the East. Uh, obviously, my top question and my top, top, you know, the top thing I want that's on my mind right now is how the New York Knicks are going to have uh, this upcoming season. And, um, you know, you know what? I think I think – I think there's going to be a slight decline. I, I don't fully expect them to, you know, have as great of a season as they did last year. You know, they were were helped by a lot of different factors. You know, COVID helped them out. They weren't really hit hard by COVID. We only had Derrick Rose miss a few weeks. Julius Randle. This is there now. Teams are more, uh, you know. Like now, they know more about what Randall's going to bring to the table. It's not going to be as oh, this guy we expect him to have twelve and he ha- or sixteen points and he has like thirty five. It's not going to be like that anymore. Teams are going to be prepared for him a lot better 
this year, and we all know what Thibodeau brings to the table. But, Dean, I have the Knicks at my five seed this year. You know, the addition of Kemba Walker really solidifies the backcourt along with Evan Fournier. I do think losing Reggie Bullock hurts us to a big degree. I was actually, I still am really upset by that. I think he's a dog defensively, and he was perfect fit in Thibodeau's system. But, uh, Dean, I have the Knicks as my fifth seed, and um, I do think Atlanta's going to be better this year than us. Obviously, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Philadelphia, that's all a given. Well, actually, I, I don't know. Philadelphia might be the might be the fourth seed with the Simmons drama happening, but uh, the Heat are going to be in the mix. I, I love the East this year, Dean. I, I it's, Me too. Uh, there's so many teams, and in fact, there's only three teams right now who I could definitively say will out, be out of the picture by Cleveland, Cleveland, Orlando, and Detroit. Those are the three teams. Every other team has a chance. Toronto has a chance to make the play. I, I mean, the East is competitive, Dean. Very competitive. That's what I'm saying. I feel like the East has more parity for the first time than the West. Um, Even Charlotte now. Charlotte, yeah, I think the Nets, Bucks, and I still think the Sixers. I'm going to still stick with my guts of the top three teams in the East. Sixers at three, though. That's um, what yeah, I'm going to follow that up with the Hawks. I think the Hawks are the number four seed. Knicks are five. My, I think, no, oh, you're actually not going to like this. You think Miami over New York? Prob- yeah. With Kyle Lowry, you know? Yep. But the thing is, it's like, I mean, if you disagree, it's fine, but at least you understand yeah. where I'm coming from. No, I don't hate that take. I mean, you got P.J. Tucker and Kyle Lowry to add with Butler and Adebayo now. And you got Tyler Hero, who actually Dean Tyler Hero did have a pretty disappointing sophomore year. I'm not going to lie, at least compared to what we were expecting. For, you know, after dropping 40 in the bubble against uh, you know against Giannis and the Bucks, he kind of had a I don't want to say like a total disappointment, but somewhat of a letdown, F- flop year. A little yeah. bit, a little bit. Um, yeah. I'm, that's my top five teams. I think the remaining teams are going to be the Charlotte Hornets, the Chicago Bulls. Um, I, like, here's the thing with me. The and, and the and I'm I'm going to go with the I think Boston Celtics are going to be in the play in. Here's the thing with me, I think the Charlotte Hornets are a good team. The Charlotte Hornets when and you watched the Hornets last year too. I know, like I said, I know you're a basketball guy. The Hornets when they were healthy, Gordon Hayward, Scary Terry, I love Scary Terry, Scary Terry, Gordon Hayward, Lamelo Ball, P.J. Washington, um. McDan- I think McDaniels is on that team. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, this team, when they're healthy, looked like a top five team in the East last year. You could say otherwise. Charlotte, I'm, you're talking I'm, about. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying that the Knicks are worse or better than them. I'm not saying the Hawks. But when the Hornets were healthy, they were the four seed at one point. The Hornets looked amazing. So I think when the right. Hornets are healthy, this team's actually a scary team. I did think they get a, they got a little bit better this past offseason. I'm going to go with the Hornets, and I think they're going to be part of the play-in, but I think they get the seven seed. I like the Hornets a lot. I like uh, I like Miles Bridges a Miles lot. Miles Bridges, too. That's another guy. Yeah, I like Miles Bridges. Uh, I think, and the Hornets, uh, I think their coach is James Borrego, right? Yep. I believe. So, I, they I have think, Bo Knight in the draft, too. What a steal that oh, was. Oh, I, that's what I was trying to talk about, Bo James. Knight. But Bo Knight is just a bucket. This guy's a bucket. And I think he's going to be better than Malik Monk, who was kind of a flop coming out of college, too, at the same draft slot. So this guy, Boot Knight, LaMelo, they got guys, Dean. and this and I love this team. All the, all they needed is time, and now they got time to mesh. P.J. Washington, who's excellent, by the way, excellent, an excellent young player. Ter- scary Terry Rozier. This team is scary, Dean. I love I, I because I, I think the Hornets are going to be good next year. I can't wait to hear the commentator's reaction to every single play. 
My mind is blown. Oh, Terry, two beauties. Oh, two beauties in but, a row. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for the Hornets. I really love the Hornets. I love teams that are fun to watch. Like, I thought last year, you could say, oh, but the Knicks played defense. The Knicks were still a fun team to watch last year. Uh, the Hawks were a fun team to watch. The Hornets are a fun team to watch. Um, I love those type of fun teams. I even thought that, even though they did beat my team in the conference finals, the Suns were a fun team to watch. And I was actually happy for them because... They, see, here's the thing. The Suns haven't had much success in terms of all-time. Compare them to a team like, you know, the Lakers, the Knicks, the Celtics, you know, the big markets. They didn't have much success compared to those teams. So I, I like the underdog. I'm happy. You know, I think teams like that. I think underdog, that's that's my point, Lucas. Underdog teams, small market teams that build from the ground like the Hornets, are fun teams to watch, especially when they're young. Yeah, and uh, coaching plays a big factor into that as you see Thibodeau got the most out of his guys uh Dean this takes us to our second break here on Sunday share the rock 1 to 2 p.m great 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 talking to you so far Dean looking forward to the last 15 here when we get back we're going to be talking about one breakout player from each division probably the segment I've been looking most forward to I got a lot to say about some of these divisions no spoilers but if you want to hear us debate that and more stick around right here on the VIC radio Hi there, I'm DJ Prime Factor from BIC Radio, host of Strange Sojourns in Sonic Space. Join me every Saturday as I take you on an eclectic journey through the weird, wonderful, and just plain obscure in the musical underground. From pop and rock to harsh noise and experimental music, we've got all that and everything in between and beyond. Sometimes I will choose a theme to guide our journey, or check out an interesting underground concert or two. Other times I'll just drift along, picking up whatever underappreciated debris catches my eye. But no matter what, you'll never know exactly what you'll stumble upon next on Strange Sojourns in Sonic Space. Every Sunday from 11 p.m. to midnight, only on VIC Radio. Radio. Hello. Hey, what's up? How are you? Good, good, you know. It's so typical of me to talk about. No, like, no, like, tell me what you want to hear. That's why, you know, that's what radio DJs do. Take requests and, you know, are you, you're still talking, okay. Sounds good. We take requests. Call in at 607 274 1059 or tweet us at VIC Radio. Missed that last song? Want to check out our music blog? Well, then log on to www.vicradio.org. See our daily schedule, take a look at our wide selection of specialty programming, and learn more about our annual 50-hour marathon. That's vicradio.org, your online home for the best of what's next. At VIC, the voice of Ithaca College, we prioritize diversity and inclusion. We are working to ensure that more voices are heard. We support and will continue to support the Black Lives Matter movement and victims of police brutality and racial injustice. We've heard you. We support you. We must advocate for change. Black Lives Matter. Share the Rock right back. V-I-C radio. 
Dean, I am pumped that you're here. I am pumped to be doing this Thank show. You. And I'm having a great time. So I want to keep this ball rolling right here on VIC. Now, this segment we're about to jump into, Dean, I want you to raise your energy, get hot, get debating, get ready, get your Stephen A. Smith cap on, because we are about to enter the debate segment. And that's something new I'm introducing on Share the Rock. I want to have a fire debate. And this is what's going to be today. The breakout player from each division. Oh, man, Dean, I've been waiting for this. Now, instead of going division by division, uh, the whole thing, I'm going to say say mine, and then you say if you agree or disagree. It's rapid fire. So here we go. Atlantic Division, Rowan Jr. Barrett of the New York Knicks. Are the New York Knicks. Are the New York Knicks. Barrett, he's my breakout player. Why? This guy was one of the top corner three-point shooters after the All-Star break last year. He can get to the rack. He needs to improve defensively. I agree. But this guy, he's a, he's a, he grew a little bit. He's a legitimate almost 6'7 now. R.J. Barrett, New York Knicks, year three. Let's go. Uh, um, I mean, I want to call you guys, but I can't talk. Um, I'm going to go with Robert Williams of the Boston Celtics. Um, Respectable. I'd ha- thank you. Um, I mean, I'd have to disagree with you thinking R.J. Barrett. I mean, listen, I agree and disagree because I do think R.J. Barrett's good, and I think he's going to have a breakout year and, and do even better. But I'm going to go with someone different, Robert Williams. I'm a big believer in Robert Williams. When he came in the game last year as a center for Boston Celtics, I was impressed by what I saw by him. I love, first of all, I loved when they drafted him in the first place. I always thought he had a, a ton of potential. I think he's going to show out this year. Uh, I think he's going to be the starting center. I, I may be wrong. It could be Al Horford. Who knows? But I'm big on Robert Williams. I love his potential. Uh, the Celtics lineup is shaky. but I mean, even though Schroeder, Tatum, Smart, uh, Brown. But I think Robert Williams is a hidden gem of that team right there. And I think, honestly, he could be a top 10, top 15 center. Uh, more so top 15. Right. And... My my mother, who I know is listening right now, I know you like my pick, so can't wait to watch games with you. Let's watch R.J. Barrett break out. But Robert Williams is respectable as well. Thank he, you. Dean, I went to Nets Celtics game one. He had nine blocks. Nine blocks. <laughs> so You told me. You were like, oh, yeah. nine blocks. I was impressed with him. That's why I say to you, defensively, I love him. I think his defensive presence is amazing, and okay. I think he's a, big, he's, a, he's a good big body. He's a lot of threat, too. Yes. All right, moving on to the central division here. I'm going to go with Isaiah Stewart of the Detroit Pistons. You know, the thing with the, the thing, the interesting thing is that with Isaiah Stewart is he has a game that's not really suited to the uh, modern NBA. He has kind of a back to the basket bruiser type of play, you know, catch the ball, low, high post, stuff like that. But for, for some reason, he knows how to position himself and and get buckets. And I think this guy has the potential to be, I don't want to say an all star, but this guy is one of the most valuable trading chips in, in the league right now, I would even say. He's a he's a great young player. Where, and Dean, where where do you, where do you go to school? Can you can you remind me? I, I honestly, I, if you don't, I, I'm I'm I have to, I'm gonna have to check on that. But Isaiah Stewart is my guy. Um, you know the Pistons were not expecting them to do anything. Uh, you know, Cade Cunningham's there as well. But Isaiah Stewart, that's my pick. I'll be sure to pick him up in my fantasy basketball league. I'm sure. gonna I'm gonna um, he went to. Well, it says La Lumiere School and then the Quaid <laughs> Jesus High School. He's from Rochester, New York. He played York. with the Washington Huskies. That's where he played. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with Isaiah Stewart. I agree with you. I'm, first of all, I'm big on the Detroit Pistons future. Sadiq Bay, Isaiah Stewart, Cade Cunningham. Um, I, I'm still going to give him a chance. I know, you know, Killian Hayes. He didn't sh- – I mean, yes, you could argue he didn't show much last year, but I still like him. I still think he's going to be a good pick. And a couple of games I did watch him. I was actually impressed with him, and I liked what I saw from Killian Hayes. Um, now, I'm not saying, oh, he's this magnificent player, but I think he's a solid player. 
Uh, I think with Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bey, and Isaiah Stewart, he'll be good. I think Stewart's going to break out. I'm big on Stewart. He's a basketball bruiser, like you say. Um, the Pistons have got a bright future, honestly, and I think Stewart's going to be the hidden gem of that team right there. I agree. And, Dean, this pick I've been excited to talk about since the start of the show today. Uh, for my Southeast division, I'm going to go with Miles Bridges of the Charlotte Hornets. And, you know, maybe the people won't like this pick because he kind of already did break out somewhat last year. But I think as far as the you know, borderline all-star leap, I think Miles Bridges will be an all-star contention this year. Him and LaMelo Ball, um, I think, are a great duo, lob threat. And Miles Bridges, he's also developing somewhat of a shot, too. And he has the build, the body type of a franchise guy. You know, can get to the cup, get to the line. He, I think he got to the line like eight times a game last year. I mean, he's so aggressive. So I like him in the short hornet system. Miles Bridges is my guy for the Southeast Division. I like that. Um, I like Miles Bridges. I'm going to go with someone different, a little last-minute switch. I'm going to go P.J. Washington. That's fair, too. Um, you know, P. Not J. more w- than Bridges, Dean. Come on. Bridget, Miles Bridges, you got P.J. Washington. This is this is the debate here that I like. P.J., first of all, I'm, go ahead, I'm though. a big P.J. Washington guy. Now, he has had some uh, an interesting offseason, to say the least, a little outside noise. But I do, I'm do. i a believer in P.J. Washington. I like his game. I liked him out of Kentucky heading into Charlotte. Um, you know, we a lot of this time on the show, we talk about LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier. That's what you think about when you hear the Hornets. And even James Bonite, like we say. Um, and Miles Bridges, too, because of his dunks. Um, Post-rides Clint Capella last year. But a lot of people, I feel like, don't talk about P.J. Washington as much on the court. Off the court, yes, but not on the court. Like, don't let... The stuff, now, don't let that stuff distract from the fact that his game is actually good. And honestly, I think he's going to grow more as a player. And as the Hornets get better, as their future gets brighter, I think PJ is going to get better. He also has a bright future. I'm a PJ Washington believer, and I'm rooting for him. So I'm going to go with PJ Washington as my breakout player for the Charlotte Hornets and for the Southeast Division. I mean, you can't go wrong with any Hornets player at this point. The Hornets just, their whole team could be a breakout team if they want it to be. Agreed, Dean. And uh, let's move to the Northwest Division, where I know we have a big disagreement here. I have a di- I'm going to split it between two guys. I got Bull Bull of the Denver Nuggets and Malik Beasley of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I think that, uh, honestly, Dean, uh, I'm going to roll more towards the side of Beasley just because of the fact that he's in the lineup a whole lot more. And I think that uh, Beasley... He had some legal issues last season that caused him to miss some time, but I think he's an up-and-coming guard in this league, in the system. You know, I don't know if he's going to back up Anthony Edwards or not, but uh, I think he could play the three or the two, depending on what, the, what type of set, sets they want to run. So Malik Beasley's my guy. Uh, I know he's not a household name yet, but he will be. Athletic as hell. He can shoot the rock. Great two-way guy. So used to play for, And, you know, the Nuggets have an eye for talent. Man, they got Jokic in the second round, Bull Bull in the second round, Malik Beasley. He was, he was a former Nugget. That's my guy. I'm going to go different. I'm going to stay with the two rules. Jared Vanderbilt. I'm a huge Jared Vanderbilt believer. I know I say believer a lot, but, like, I'm actually a fan of Jared ba- Vanderbilt. I love his potential. Now, you say to me the other day, you know, he doesn't get much time on the court, which is actually true. He, I mean, compared to the Timberwolves lineup, uh, Patrick Beverly's going to be there now. He's going to most likely start. You got D'Angelo Russell there, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, Beasley, you say. It's like the Timberwolves have a decent lineup. But, however, or should I say, however, 
I do think Jared Vanderbilt could get that power forward spot, small forward spot. I'm a big believer in Jared Vanderbilt. And honestly, little bold pick. I know you love when to hear a little bold prediction. I'm not saying he's going to win the award. I think he may be a candidate for either most improved or sixth man. I'm not saying he will win, but I think there is some potential there to be involved in that. I agree with that, Dean. Um, and, you know, I also want to talk about Bull Bull for two more seconds real quick. I only have two minutes here. Bull Bull is a uh, – well, I know, Dean. I know I, just, I know you want to get to the next thing. But Bull Bull has a great wingspan. He gets up and down the court. I just hope he gets minutes. But now, Dean, the cream of the crop – we, I know we are in agreement on this, which is unbelievable. Da, 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 for the Pacific Division, I'm going with the one and only Terrence. Man, absolutely. Clippers fans rejoice. I have, I'm have. i not going to say anything. I'll let you just take it away for me. <laughs> absolutely. Terrence Mann out of Florida State. What, what a player. Unheralded kind of coming out of college. Great March Madness run. But this guy took the world on fire. He owned Rudy Gobert. Dean, think about what I'm saying right now. Terrence Mann, Terrence Mann owned Gobert, the defensive player. Of the year. He had 40 points in a playoff game. It was a closeout game, right? It was the closeout game, game, game six. six. Yeah. He, 40, and they were down nearly 30 points that game. And too. they won. What a game. What? So this guy, he's going to get minutes with Kawhi out. He's the starting two guard. And Paul George at the three, Reggie Jackson at the one, Batum and Zubak. This guy, Terrence Mann, oh my God, Dean, this guy gets me pumped, and I'm excited to watch him. He's so easy to root for as well. I, 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 that's why I say I let you take it away. Take it away. I love Terrence Mann. I'm a huge Terrence Mann fan. I think I, I love his game. The Clippers. That was a huge Man pick fan right club. there. Man that fan. was that like that was such a steal of a pick right there. I love his game. He's a good defender too. He's very energetic. He gives the Clippers energy, newfound energy, the young energy that they need. He was a hidden, a hidden gem. He's very athletic. Um. He's, his jump shot's improving. I mean, I mean, he sh- even he shoots the ball more than Ben Simmons. Sorry, he had to add, add that in there. Um, but I love Terrence, man. I love this pick, and I think he's going to be a breakout player for the Clippers. I think he's going to have a solid role on the team this year until Kawhi Leonard potentially comes back. But I'm a huge Terrence, man, believer. Absolutely. And lastly, Dean, last one quick last thing before we got to go here. But Southwest, just go back to the Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks is my guy here. He had a great playing game against the Warriors and a great first-round series against the Jazz. He plays with so much confidence, Dean, which is something I can really appreciate, something I vibe with and connect with well. And I don't know if you'd agree with this, but Dylan Brooks is primed. Him him and John Morant, I love watching them play. That backcourt is something to behold. And I don't know, Dean. I think Dylan Brooks is... Uh, He's he's, he's, he's he's my breakout guy for the Southwest in the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm not going to go with the Grizzlies here. I'm going to go with the Houston Rocket. 50-burger last year. Kevin Porter Jr. I'm a huge believer in Kevin Porter Jr. I, first of all, I love his game. I thought he was a great late pick for um, in the draft. You know, seeing that game against Milwaukee, when he dropped 40 or 50, I, it was, was it 40? 49. 40, I said 50. Close enough. Watching him in that game, I was impressed. I was like, this guy's going to take off, and Houston's in good hands. Jalen Green, Kenny Martin Jr., Kevin Porter Jr., Houston, I, I love Houston's future, and I'm excited for the Rockets, and I'm really happy for Kevin Porter Jr. I think he's going to really stand out this year. People are talking about Jalen Green, but we need to talk more about Kevin Porter. Absolutely. 
Dean, unfortunately, I, I have a lot more to say as well, but this is all the time we have for Share the Rock on this Sunday. I just want to extend a thank you to coming out Anytime. and sp- spending some time with me in the studio and hopping on the show. You're always welcome back. Uh, I know we both got a lot to say. We don't always like the same teams, have the same opinions, but we can, you know, not to be corny, agree to disagree here. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, listen, just make sure to tune in to Share the Rock every Sunday, 1 to 2 p.m., Really trying to bring that basketball content. I know it's football t- football hour, football time on Sunday, but uh, we want to give you your basketball feel too. And with the season coming out preseason tonight, um, just you know, enjoy sports in October. I always say October is the best sporting month because it's the four major sports uh, are happening at once, and basketball is starting October nineteenth. So go. it's not just basketball tonight. Baseball, like it's going to be a crazy day today, right? So for Dean Gutich, Lucas Trafet, this has been a special edition of Share the Rock. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, we'll see you next week. Enjoy your week. Enjoy sports. Have a good week. We have an app. Take VIC Radio with you on your iOS device. That's right. The best of what's next is available wherever you go. Current song information, in-app access to social media, sleep timer, and alarm clock settings. It's all there. Download the VIC Radio app from the App Store today.